Well, welcome to River Valley Church. Welcome to our summer series. We're calling it Kingdom Culture. Now, we're only in week two, and uh, I won't review every week because, as we said, each week is independent, but they actually are different messages that you need to hear. So if you miss a week, jump online and listen and uh, be a part of this. We're going to have 10 different weeks in this series. And we're following along uh, with just as the outline of a book that a friend of mine wrote, Dennis Rouse wrote this, 10 qualities that move you from a believer to a disciple. And uh, they still are available at the campuses for $10. I know they cost more than that, but we're kind of underwriting a little bit and want you to get that and say, hey, I want to be a disciple. And I want you to know that um, we're not doing this series. So some people are like, I like this, we're going to go deeper. And I thought, that's true, but uh, it was just prayed right before service. May these uh, sermons take us higher. And that's my goal. My goal is that as you understand more, this is not like, yeah, deeper. I really got it here. No, it takes me higher. I want to live at a higher level than I've been living at. And so today we're going to look at extraordinary love for people. And last week, by the way, we looked at uh, that we're passionately committed to Jesus. And a lot of people were like, wow, that one hit me. That would hit me. I got a lot of email feedback this week and, and it was all good. Thank you. I really appreciated that, you know? And then I met with people that uh, I had lunch and breakfast and different meetings. They're like, man, that one hits me. That one is, is I'm, I'm stepping into this. I want to be a disciple and I want to be passionately be committed to Jesus. And I think that hit, uh, that thing that hit a lot of people was I moved for my company, but I, I, am I going to move across the room for Jesus? Like I moved states for my company, but I, am I going to be moved to Monday night or Tuesday or to move and help the kids? And so there's something in this series. Now, today is extraordinary love for people. And um, in many ways, how many know that loving God is, is easier than loving people? He's perfect. They're not. All right. And so sometimes it's harder to uh, love those. And, and I got to be honest, we're not doing very good at loving the people around us. The church is really dropping the ball on loving people around us. I saw a bumper sticker the other day, true bumper sticker. It said, Jesus, save me from your followers. That's what it said. I thought, how sad, how sad. And then I think about the quote that Gandhi talked about. Gandhi was exploring religion and he was trying to understand Christianity. And he said this, he said, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. How sad, how sad that we should look like Jesus. We should love like Jesus. And so I'm just praying that we will determine today that we will love people with the love of Jesus, that we will start to live that way. And we won't just say, I'm gonna check the box. Yes, I, I'm loving. No, we're gonna live love. We're gonna be full of love because I believe God has placed all sorts of people in your life so that you could learn to love like Jesus. Now I thought about this sermon. I thought, how many know, like, this almost sounds like love does. I thought about having Bob Goff, like we could just show a video. And then I thought I could just impersonate him. Hi, I'm Bob. <laughs> Rats. God loves this section a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's all I got. That's Bob Goff. All right. There you go. My wife was like, you're really not going to do that, are you? Yeah. No, all right. That's it. All right. Uh, but this is what he said. Jesus didn't say loving people would be easy. He just said it would work. Jesus didn't say loving people would be easy, but he said it would work. And he gave us like the secret ingredient 
to having people open up to the gospel, the secret ingredient to seeing life change, the secret ingredient. And he said, if you'll love them. And so I believe a disciple, after being passionately committed to Jesus and saying, I want to live for God, then they say, I want to live and love other people. I want to love like Jesus loves. And so listen to a few verses what the Bible has to say as I clear away these starbursts from underneath me. All right, those are going to the front row. All right, Matthew 22, Jesus replied. So he's being quizzed by an expert in the law. Jesus replied, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Remember, we talked about that one first. And then he said, this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. It's hard to do, but he says, love God. And then he says, love your neighbor. But it gets harder. In 1 John 4, 20, it says, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. Wow, so he's saying, love God, love your neighbor, then love your brothers and sisters around you, you know, the ones close enough to irritate you. But it gets harder. In Matthew 5, he says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. He's saying, love God, love your neighbor, love your family, love your enemies. God was saying, if you get this first part right, that you love me and you're a disciple and you're committed to me, he said, then you have to get this part right. You have to love these people. Everybody do this with me. Just go, love God, love people. Love God, love people. You're now all ordained <laughs> to love people. Go love people. Get this right and get this right. That's what Jesus was saying. The first one is love God with all your heart, with all your soul. Love him, but then love everybody else. That's how we're supposed to live this. And if we are a disciple, we are supposed to love other people. Jesus said this. He said, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. So we have to go out and love people like Jesus loved us. And if you look at the church today, many times we're, we're looked down upon because they think we were commissioned to go and argue with people. Go out and argue with people until you win them over. Or you'd think that we're supposed to go out there and, and just uh, ram the truth down them. Yes, we're supposed to tell them the truth, but we should lead with love, tell the truth in love. And he's saying, go out and love him. Go out and love him. And he laid down his life and he said, I love you so much that I'm sacrificing. Again, another Bob Goff quote, and I won't impersonate him, but he said, maybe God made loving him and our enemies the easiest way to tell if we just agree with God or if we want to be perfected into his image. Man, loving him, loving our enemies, loving the people around us is a, is a way that God says, I want you to, to be formed in my image. I want you to show them my love. Love these people. So you look, how did he love people? How did Jesus love people? I mean, he loved the least. He loved the lost. He loved a cross culture. He loved his enemies. If we get this love right, if we get love right, they will notice, they'll listen, and the door could be open for God's love to flood in on your neighbors, your family, your friends, and even your enemies. But we've got to get this right. We've got to show them love in action. They're not looking for us to argue it with them. They're looking for us to show it to them. And so we have this opportunity to lead with love. So when I look at the love of Jesus, I realize this, he was full of compassion. If we're going to love like Jesus, we have to increase our compassion for other people. 
We have to grow in this area because when Jesus went around, sick people were made well in his presence. There was something about sick people that he had compassion on them. When he comes upon a funeral procession, he sees his mom crying, he has compassion, and he brings her son back to life. When he sees sick people, he doesn't run away and hide. He goes right up to them. He lets them come in proximity to, the, to him. He loves sick people and he was full of compassion. He helped people that were under social injustice and he helped these people that were being oppressed. He helped people that were demon possessed and he set those people free. I mean, we, you may say, well, I don't know anybody that's demon-possessed. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people that are demon-harassed around you. They may not be possessed, but they're harassed by spiritual forces that hold them down and keep them back from what God has for them. You could help them by being a part of freedom ministry and saying, I will up my compassion for people and I will help people break out from things that have held them back. Jesus was full of compassion. He overflowed with compassion. And I, and I noticed this in the Bible, when, when he would love and he'd have this compassion just oozing out of him, many times it was because he saw things, he saw people, he got in their proximity and then compassion welled up in him. It says this in Matthew 9, 36, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Here's what I, I understand about this. Seeing grows compassion. Seeing grows compassion. You start to get compassionate when you start seeing the needs of people around you. And we live such isolated lives. We live in our cars, windows up, and there's nothing wrong. I love air conditioning. I love heat. Nothing wrong with it. But we pull into our driveways. We open our drawbridge, which is our garage door. And we go into our house, and then we put down our drawbridge. You know, uh, open the drawbridge, go out and meet the neighbors. Another thing, if you want to build compassion, go into the zones where we hide people that are in need. How many know that there are zones? It's almost like, you know, we've, we've built our cities and there are zones. And there's a, this is this zone or this pocket and there's areas that you can drive by. I mean, if you go down by the XL in St. Paul, St. Paul campus, uh, there's a zone right around our St. Paul campus where people hide them. Well, them, we love you. and We're glad that you're here. And I love our St. Paul campus has, has more people walking in off the street than any other campus. We love that. We go where people are. I'll tell you what, you go on a global team and your compassion will grow. If you're struggling in the compassion area and you're not loving like Jesus loves with compassion oozing out of you, sign up for a global team as soon as you can. We need an intervention on you. You go and you see those people in great need. You go and you hold an orphan in your hand. You go and you see somebody that we're helping and we're digging a well or we're setting them free out of human sex trafficking. Or you see somebody that in that poverty is so filled with joy because they love Jesus. You see somebody that we're doing medical missions. We've done that. I see the Holtis. We've been on multiple medical missions together. And he's out there and he's, he's an optometrist and he's using his gift to help people that can see see better. And he's like bringing the, the love of Jesus. And as he's doing it, tears are rolling down his face. And there's compassion building in him and the whole team because you see the need and compassion grows. Seriously, if you, if you are low on compassion, you should be the first ones signing up for the next global team. If we want to love like Jesus, 
We need to get closer to the people that he loves and have compassion grow in us. Second thing is show respect. Jesus loved and he showed respect to people. He showed respect. Now, my wife always hates this when I say this, but it is true. Jesus loved like, and, and showed respect and honor to ladies in his day. Now, that seems absurd to us today because ladies are honored, they're equal, and, and it's just, they're honored in society. But in that day and age, they weren't. Okay, now, I've always thought, like, that's great that he did that. See, Jesus was good and he was different. But here's what I've discovered right now. Have you noticed in our culture right now, we are backdating our judgment. We live in today, and then we look at people in the past, and we judge them by today's standards, not by the standards of their culture where they were. We judge them by today's standards. And we look back at some of the heroes in our country, and we look back and we look, and according to today's standards, they're not very good people. But isn't it amazing? Jesus was so in tune with love that he can withstand backdating the judgment. They're like, how'd he handle ladies? He loved and took care of them and honored them. Well, what'd he do with kids? He loved kids and let them wrestle on his lap. What else he got for me? What did he do for poor people? He let them come to the banquet. Jesus passes the backdating judgment because he showed respect to everybody. And now I'm loving it even more. I mean, the people are like, don't let the kids come. He's like, let the kids come, come on. The overlooked and the poor. He showed respect to all people. And we should show respect to all people. We should treat them so kind. Immigrants to our country that come in, we should love these people and be so kind. The other day I was at Coldstone. I was at Coldstone. I wasn't thinking about immigration at the moment. I was thinking about Coldstone. Gotta have it, like it, love it, whatever, you know? And Beck and I walked in there and, and everybody there behind the counter was speaking with an accent. They were either immigrants or second generation. They had a heavy accent and I could tell that they were from another country. And I, and I walked in and I'm all, and I'm all about our, our cold stone at that moment. I want them to give me big scoops. And all of a sudden God says, love the cold stone crew. And all of a sudden I looked at the cold stone crew and I saw all these people and they are sitting there working. And all of a sudden I, I didn't just see them as servant of cold stone. I saw them as my neighbors. I saw them as people that I loved, and I'm like kind of tearing up and they're like, is like it not enough? Do you want a bigger size? You know, they don't have a clue. It's not about cold stone. It's about the stone that the builders rejected. It's about the solid rock I'm building my life on. And I'm having a God moment right there. And then I put a generous tip in there and Rebecca gives me a head look and I'm like, we love the cold stone crew. Let the compassion show respect and honor to every single person. That's how Jesus loves. Jesus loves the Coldstone crew. You can go there today and spread the love of Jesus, right? Uh, here's another thing. Jesus listened. He loved by listening. And in a world too busy to look up from their smartphones, the love of Jesus looks a lot like listening. How many know that? In a world that can't get us to look up and, and stop what we're doing, we're multitasking. How many know that it looks like love because we're listening. And I see this, that when Jesus talked to people, he took time, he listened, he gave thoughtful responses. He spoke the truth in love. He was a very good listener. If you know the exchange about the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10, this rich young ruler is like, what do I need to do? And Jesus is like, he's telling him all the things that he does. And then it says in Mark 10, 21, looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. 
Isn't that interesting? Looking at him, he felt genuine love for him. There's still one thing you haven't done, he told them. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Jesus wasn't trying to be mean. He was trying to give a thoughtful answer, a loving answer to a guy. And when he looks at him, there's love in his eyes and he's, he's loving this guy and he's, he's a good listener. He didn't just say, whatever, here's my pre-described plan. He's like, this is the thing you need. I've been listening. I've been paying attention. I know exactly what you have. I think we should listen with love in our eyes. We should be told that we're the best listeners in the room. I just thought it would be great if they said, man, when you're here, I just like the listening. And, and it's, it's so good. And can I say this to the church? Like, the better you listen, the better I preach. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Like, you, and you can listen with your eyes. How many know that? You can listen with your body. And even if you're at a campus and I can't see you, practice, okay? Practice for your campus pastor, all right? Give a, a head nod. Do that. There are certain people when I'm preaching and they're like this, they're like, and I'm like, ah, don't look there. You know, don't look there. <laughs> Don't look left. Don't look left. You know? And there's other people that I look at them. It's almost like they're like, oh, oh, yeah. I mean, and they're, I mean, you can't help. You know, Ben, Ben, on Saturday night, Ben, Ben's just like this. Ben's a great listener. He's always like, yeah. And sometimes I feel like he wants to come up here and punch me. You know, he's like so excited. Some of you just listen. Listen with love in your eyes. Listen with love in your eyes. Another thing, Jesus encouraged. Jesus encouraged people. He was telling them, do good, love your enemies, be merciful. You know what he said to leaders? He said, you're not doing it. You know what he said to his followers? You should do this. And he encouraged them to live at a higher level. And we should be encouraging people and giving encouraging words of love. How many know that even in today's day and age, an encouraging word is like love magnified. We're so stingy with praise and with encouragement. Let's give people more encouragement. Uh, I believe this, encouraging words give compound interest because the person plays them over and over again their entire life. So you may think it's just right now encouragement, but there's something that gives compound interest to this person over and over and over again their entire life. I remember that we were at a conference and there were some really high-level leaders in this conference. And it was done. We were going to dinner, and I was walking up to Becca, and I was going through the lobby of the resort area, and I was walking towards her, and she was like, what are you smiling about? Like, that's, like, you are, what happened? Like, and I said, one of the key leaders, like top leaders, just said they really liked the things I was saying. And they, they gave me an encouraging word. And they talked about my life and they said they wanted to hear more things from me. And they really thought I was a great leader. And I was like, it's just, wow. She's like, well, I knew somebody did something really good because I just haven't seen that smile in a, like that level. How many know that, that encouragement lifts you up? It refills your tank. And again, over and over with compound interest, it just keeps coming and building up and building up. Encouragement makes a huge difference. All right, I need you to turn to your neighbor and say something encouraging, all right? All right, hang on. You can say something about them. If you know them really well, say something better than nice shoes, all right? You know, you got style, all right? If you don't know them well, go with the clothes, the style. Maybe they smell good. Maybe they smile good. Maybe they kept the buffer zone between you and them. Say something positive, all right? Turn to your neighbor right now. Say something encouraging to your neighbor. Now turn to the one you neglected and say, you should have been my first choice. <laughs> say something encouraging. 
We can love by being the greatest encouragers. People will gravitate to that. Here's another thing. Jesus had sacrificial love. Sacrificial love. It's going to cost you something to love people. It'd be wonderful. It was just words, but it's sacrifice. There's something going on. In 1 John 3, 16, it says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Something happens in you when you love sacrificially, when, you, when it costs you something, when it's time, when it's treasure, when it's something's going, and you're saying, I'm in, this cost me. I, 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 I moved outside of my convenience and I moved into this zone and I wanna love, this is gonna cost me something. I may not have to lay down my life, but I may have to lay down Tuesday night or Thursday night. I may have to lay down this money that I allotted for that, but I'm doing it over here. There's something that's happening when it's a sacrificial love. Ann Voskamp said this, she said, when people engage in self-giving love by doing something extraordinarily positive, they use higher level brain functions and set off a series of neurochemical reactions that shower their system in positive emotions. When you do something that's sacrificial, that's, that's just really out there and it's self-giving and you're like, I, I, I'm gonna give from me, I'm gonna sacrifice, I'm gonna do more than what's expected, something happens and the neurochemicals go and, and something happens in your body, you start thinking higher, you start living higher, your world gets bigger. That's how Jesus wants us to love. We need to let Jesus change us so we can love like him. And this sacrificial love means we're going to move from reasonable love to Jesus-like love. I struggle with this because I know what it means to be a bad person. And I'm not a bad person. But I live too often what I would call reasonable love. And I think God wants us to live at the highest level, sacrificial love, Jesus-like love. What do I mean reasonable love? Where he said, you know what? Even the Pharisees and the hypocrites, even the tax collectors, they love people that take care of them. They love nice people. They love people that can pay them back. Move out of reasonable love into the love that makes people scratch their head and wonder why you love that person. Few things that we can do. We want to love like Jesus. We need to be committed to this. And again, it is hard to do for many of us because we're loving, you know, Bob Goff said about it, he goes, you're going to love the creepy people. How many know, like, I, I, I can love the creepy people. I got to love the close people, you know? The close people are harder to love than the creepy people, all right? So we're going to follow the Lord's lead. We're going to become more approachable. Drop the scowl. Let's have more smiles. Let's start there, more smiles. Let's just have more smiles. We'll, we'll listen, we'll look, we'll smile with love. You may need to part with some money and just say, hey, I'm gonna love this person. I'm just gonna be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit and part with some money. I was having lunch with a guy this week and he said, I've just been trying to listen to God more and love like him. And you know what he asked me to do? He said, I was filling gas the other day and I was at the gas station and, and he said, I felt the Lord say, you wanna listen to me and you wanna love like me? Pay for her gas over there. And he's like, really? And then he said he got scared to love. And he's like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. And he's like, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna walk over there. She's gonna like scared. She's gonna jump in her car. She's gonna lock her car. And she was standing at the pump and he's just like, all right. So he goes over, he says, hey, sorry to bother you. He said, I just was over there and I just felt like the Lord asked me to come and pay for your gas, if that's okay. She starts to cry and she's bawling. And she goes, this is unbelievable. She said, I pulled, I have no money. 
I'm empty and I didn't know what I was going to do. And she said, I stood here at the gas station and I just said, God, if you're real, I could use a tank of gas. I just loved it. He just said, I love this journey that I'm on. I love this. I want to listen and I want to love like Jesus. If you want to love like Jesus, practical, get closer to his kids. Know your neighbor's names. They're your neighbors. And by the way, they are your neighbors. They are not your church projects. Okay? They're your neighbors. Love your neighbors. Love them so good, so strong. Be so amazing as a neighbor that when the opportunity comes, they'll ask you for the reason why you're so loving. Don't love them and then have them an invitation to church. All right? If you read in the book, those of you that have the book from Dennis, he talks about the Lord told him, go mow your neighbor's yard. And he's like, Lord, not my neighbor's yard. His yard is huge. Like, surely you, that can't, not, not that. And the Lord said, mow your neighbor's yard. And so he did it. They weren't home and he mowed their whole yard. And he thought, oh, surely they're going to ask me about this because I mowed their yard. They didn't ask. He said he walked around their house. He threw all sorts of hints like, man, your yard's looking good, looking good. They didn't say anything. Fast forward about three months. They were having a marital problem. She comes over to their house, says, my husband's back at the house. He's throwing things around the house. I need you to go over there. Dennis shares that he walks over into the house. And when he walks in, the man's in the bathroom. He says, hey, I'm here to talk. And the neighbor looks at him. He goes, did you mow my lawn? Three months ago, did you mow my lawn? And Dennis said, yeah, I mowed your lawn. And the man starts to cry and says, talk to me. Talk to me. Love looks like mowing the lawn. Love looks like showing up with a snowblower. Love looks like even just barbecuing with your neighbors and loving them and listening to where they're at in life and listening with love. I'll give you an easy one. On August 6th, it's National Night Out. It's National Night Out. Why not invite your neighbors to a barbecue? No church brochures, just barbecue. Brats, burgers, love, and dessert. All right, that's what you need. All right? And just see if you can be the neighbor that will love them and show the love of Jesus so strong that someday they'll say, did you mow my lawn? Did you snow blow my driveway? Does the love of Jesus make you host the barbecue? Does, were you so kind when you heard about that need? You, you were the type of neighbor that I always hoped I could have. We can love those near to us. We can love those people far. We can look for opportunities to be good to everyone. I'm asking you right now, I mean, you'll probably come up with 10 other ways you could show the love of Jesus before you even go to bed tonight. You're probably, if you, if you put your mind to it, you're like, we could show the love of God this way and this way and this way. Seriously, go do it. Think of ways to love people. In this series, I'm praying though, that you won't just come to church and agree with it. Like, oh, that was good. We agree. I'm praying also that in this series, you won't just go, ouch, that hit me. Because I think last week, there, there's just a, a feeling like, wow, ooh, ouch, that hit me. I don't want us to just come all summer long and go, ouch. I want us to say, I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. I agree with this. It hits me. And I'm going to go love. I'm going to go love the isolated, the lonely, the overlooked, those close to me, those far from me, the people I like, the people I don't like, my enemies, my frenemies, whoever it is, I'm loving them all. And I'm going to put this into practice. I'm not trying to go deeper. I'm trying to live higher in Jesus' name. And so, God, I'm praying that over our church right now, 
that we would love each other with the love of Jesus. We'd love the people around us. We'd love the people in the church around us. We'd love the people uh, in the community around us. We'd love the people in pockets that are isolated. We love the people that are not like us, that maybe are from another culture. And we'd say, welcome in, we love you. We'd love the people that are so unlovable. Help us, Lord Jesus, to love people with an extraordinary love that just says, it's gotta be Jesus loving you through me. It's gotta be Jesus. It isn't me, I wasn't this good, but Jesus has been so good to me, I'm gonna love you with the love of Jesus. I'm praying that over our church. We'd love you first and we'd love others like we love ourselves. We do that in Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen, amen.